Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Good afternoon, everyone. Two minutes past three. Great to have your company. Welcome to the show. Currently 18 degrees in the city on a Wednesday afternoon. Kimbo and The Rooch with you for the next two hours live from Studio Lumo SA. We'd love you to get involved. You can send a text on 0427 154 166. Or you can have a little chinny wag on 1300 736 736. Now, normally, we have a musical introduction for the great man, The Rooch. But today, there are people far more significant, relevant and useful because it's International Women's Day. Yes, I was. Yeah. One of the great songs by the late and great uh, Helen Reddy, and it uh, amplifies everything good about women. G'day, Roach. Hello, Kim. We've missed an opportunity today. We have. I did see Aaron Phillips at Adelaide Oval. I should have asked her to come in. Well, why didn't you, Roach? I just didn't think of it at the time because I was more interested in how she was, and she is looking 100%. Going to be a... Better year for her. She had a tough year this year leading Port Adelaide. She was banged up many, many ways from mm. the first moment in that game in the West. Um, Longer break into the season. I think she's going to be a very, very effective player for Port Adelaide. Prepares better than anyone, Rich. Oh. But, uh, and looked, father, looked radiant. Yes, always looks sensational. Smile, the smile that would solve all the world's problems. Well, if that's, people that's, smiled like Aaron Phillips, we'd be in a better world. That's the impact you have on people, Rich. <laughs> um, no, that's her. Yeah, we uh, should have had her in. No one pulled. I know, I missed the opportunity. I'm sorry. Do something, Rich. Do something, said John <laughs> Kennedy. Do something. Um, <laughs> no one prepares better, but yeah. Father Time, you can't fight Gets it, all Rich. of us, Kim. I think we'll see a more forward line. Oh, she'll be damaging there. Yeah, well, it's not that easy, Roach. Ah, it's too much, too too many smarts. I know she has football smarts, Small, but the competition sport. has grown so quickly. Anyway, we'll yeah. wait and see. You can ask the question because um, we'll be chatting to Juliet Haslam, Ooh. who's head of football at the Port Adelaide AFLW program. That'll be on yeah. four o'clock. Uh, lovely lady, Juliet, yes. and uh, have a very strong female presence against all forms of management, not just in the AFLW with Port Adelaide, right across some interesting numbers there. Uh, good friend of yours, Roots, that you work with for a long time. We'll be chatting to at 3.30, Val Miliaccio. Did yes, I get it right? you did. Val's now in charge of Adelaide City. Uh, he's got a big agenda. He's what, already coaching. 
No, he's chairman. Chairman, right. president. It always intrigues me. Are you a chairman or a president? Depends on your constitution. It's the same thing, isn't it? it well, it is. Why, why do people differ there? I always see president as more powerful. Americanized or more powerful. Mm. Yeah, probably. Mm. But only because we align that to the uh, leaders of the free world, America, don't we? We did once. We did once. We yeah. sort of, sort of get a bit worried about it. Now. Oh, gee, oh, Joe, oh, Joey. <laughs> oh no, don't you start. You'll be in as much trouble as Gary Lineker. What he he is in deep water, Why? Gary Lineker. Well, okay, let's do it. The UK government has Prime Minister and Interior Minister have put out a statement about how they want to stop the boats. It's a big issue at the moment. You saw what happened in Italy with the yes. boat that washed up. Tragic. And horrible that. So. She and the Prime Minister, the Interior Minister, have come up with this stop the boat thing. And Gary Lineker just put out on Twitter, you know, retweeted and put on it, this is bloody awful, something like that, or bloody awful. Mm. But then as he's getting, because Gary's got about 8.5 million followers, something like that, of course he gets some backlash because it's going to be a divisive little debate. Well, he's then referred to the policy as virtually being a replica of Nazi stuff. Oh. from the Yeah. So now uh, the BBC's called him in. You know, he's the highest paid personality on the BBC. Was. <laughs> oh. It's hard to come well, back from that. Yeah, but. Well, Rich, all I said was Joe Biden. And you've joined a parallel with myself and Gary but, Lineker, and have you? See, and so this is, people are going, you are hired as a sports presenter. Don't make political statements. But I'm going, well, obviously he's actually not... making a human statement, isn't yeah. he? Because actually taking the human side about this refugee issue is surely not a political statement, is it? Surely it's Gary's entitled to say... It's a humanitarian Yeah, exactly. Statement. But anyway, he's yeah. in deep water. Well, just I, I was going to make an ageist right? comment because I think oh. Joe, Joe's just getting a little bit wobbly, I think. Really? <laughs> nice bloke, but a little bit, <laughs> little bit wobbly. We digress, as we often do. Yeah, let's, um, get a, let's get a woman as president. There'd be less trouble. Well, why can't it just be the right person for the job? Yeah, well, I just somehow sense that women do it better. Well, I probably agree with you there, Roach. But um, in, on International women, Women's Day, yep. some people say, what's it actually about? Mm -hmm. um, the first form of this went back uh, in New York City back in 1909, yes. where they had a Women's Day. And the point where it becomes, as we know it today, International Women's Day, is when the United Nations endorses it, 1975, mm. in between 1909 and... 1975, it's got either you describe it as part of the socialist movement with women or more to some states noted it as a communist sort of thing. Well, I, this is how I believe it likes to be acknowledged. It's a civil awareness yep. day, a women and girls day, yep. a anti-sexism day and an anti-discrimination day. That's probably the way it's been since the UN endorsed it in 75. Mm. Mm. Now... Roach, did you get to the bottom of why we're having Val Miliacho on? Seems oh, yes. I was calling him, I've for 30 years, been calling him Miliacho. Yes. Well, Adelaide City's got a big agenda. They've nominated to be in the second tier of the A-League mm -hmm. so we can get a promotion relegation system and hopefully one day, once again, have a derby in Adelaide. Wouldn't that be good? It would be. be Remember the, the code? big days of Adelaide City and West Adelaide? It, it was huge. Uh, but they've also signed... And this has been Val's agenda for maybe more than a decade, I would think. I can certainly remember when he was at the advertiser. He, he was so passionate about actually developing uh, links to European football. And he's a, been able to do that with Atalanta, which is one of the great clubs in Italy. They are renowned 
taking young talent and creating superstars. Now, he's had a link with a fair few people in Italian football and now has been able to put together, which I wouldn't call it an academy. We'll get Val's description of it so we can get young football players what, what, here in Adelaide we, the chance to broaden their careers. It's a positive step. Absolutely. They're putting their hand up in yep. terms of saying, we want to be in the A-League. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, oh, it's absolutely. all part of that. I think that's yeah. the reason we're talking to him. Yep. Uh, all right, 3.50, Roots. Uh, Jordan McArdle will join us. He's a reporter for the West Australian newspaper, South Australia taking on WA in the Marsh Cup. Can you update us there? No, I can't because I haven't got it on my screen. Well, put it on your and, screen. And can you tell me why down. on the TV they haven't got the score there? I don't know. I'm watching here and there's no score. Um, one job, Roach. Uh, four o'clock, Juliet Haslam, as we mentioned. Then at 4.35, Roach, Matt Randall will join us, the list guru. We had a number of texts requesting that we go line by line through Port Adelaide and the Crows and determine who is the superior side on paper. As it sits. So Matt Rendell will do that and just you can have your say. Go back to the whacker. Uh, 7.1 overs. Western Australia was sent in by SA after they won the toss. One for 26, the Sandgropers. One for seven. Well, so the, are they the Warriors or the Sandgropers? Seven, so warriors, uh, aren't they? Warriors. Yeah, Warriors. Mm. Um, One for 26 so off seven. So about four and over at the moment. Mm. One wicket down. All right, we're up and away, Roach. It's uh, 10 minutes past three. We invite you to have your say. The lumber is uh, 0427-154-166. On the other side of the break, we're going to hear from Nicole Livingston, the CEO of the AFLW, and uh, the change that are happening to the AFL and the AFLW landscape regarding women. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. I'm 3.16 on a Wednesday afternoon, Val Miliaccio coming up at 3.30. We'll be crossing to the Wacker. South Australia going pretty well at the moment after yeah. sending WA in. How powerful are we? Yeah, we've got the graphics up. Complained that there was no scoreboard on the screen and now they're one for 28. Yeah, WA. could you complain about our wage? Um <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, John McCarter will be crossing to the Wacker. Uh, Juliet Haslam at 4 o'clock. Matt Randall at 4.30. Text coming through. Boys, can you ask Randall today to do a line comparison between Port and the Crows? Yes, we've organised that. On that point, there's a big thing that came out of the US mm. and eventually comes into our sports world called power rankings. Mm -hmm. Because you know how in the US you've got all these divisions, but you can never work out, well, uh, who's who's really leading the competition, so to speak? So you got say five divisions, and you go well, five top teams. But yep. which one's the best of the best? So you do power rankings. Well, the AFL website, no, was it us? No, it's us, Ben. It's us. Someone from SEN. SEN did power rankings. Crows ten, Port Adelaide eleven. Mm. Wow. But based a lot on preseason, the two oh, preseason trials or not? Well, form, recruiting, expectation. It's just, or is there a formula or is it just one person's opinion? One person's opinion. Oh, well, stuff that, Roach. Has he put a name to it? Yeah. Who? It was Nick. It was a Nick, wasn't it, Ben? Yeah, it's Nick. Nick who? He's got a very long name, which I don't <laughs> want to mispronounce. <laughs> very long name. I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, good on you, Nick. All right. We got oh, some... Kim. Everyone, everyone's entitled to an opinion. Well, I know. Well, That's what we do in sport. We've given him some air time, Roach. You couldn't even have well, the courtesy don't knock of saying him for his ranking name. Adelaide ten and Port at eleven. I'm not knocking him. That's his opinion. I'm knocking you for not knowing who put it out there. What's well, Nick? 
We've got some good prizes to give away, Roach. Double pass to the Giddy Up Club, the Adelaide Cup, which is uh, this Monday, thanks to Racing SA. Just get on the dog and bone. Give us a call, 1300 736 736, if you'd like a double pass to go to the Adelaide Cup and actually enter the Giddy Up Club. It's an absolute beauty. And we have a Signet Boost Power Bank to keep your mobile phone charged with Power Bank, your phone, tablet, earbuds, all powered 24 7. Reach the uh, CEO of the AFLW, Nicole Livingston, does a podcast now called League Leaders. Um, she sat down with North Melbourne's new CEO, Jennifer Watts. So there are now, she's the second. Second chief executive. Remember, Tracy, Tracy Gordry stepped up for five months at Hawthorne, Hawthorne in a really difficult time in 17. Uh, probably not the greatest initiation to that role. Remember then Tim Silvers had to do a fair bit of a cleanup. Now yep. he's at Adelaide. And then we've seen, I think we, we can say we're a, a mature AFL when we've got more women on boards on the AFL commission. There is no doubt what happened at Richmond showed the world how things can change. Peggy O'Neill. And Benny Gale, the way they work together. So since then, uh, Sonia Hood at North Melbourne, and she has stood up under some intense pressure, hasn't she? She has, but this is the first president CEO, CEO combination. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, Jennifer Watt was posed a few questions by Nicole Livingston about being in a somewhat male-dominated world. Mm. I just want to share something that happened. When I got the job, I was inundated with text messages and emails of support and congratulations, which was so beautiful. Absolutely overwhelmed me. But what I was really taken back by was people sending me screenshots of group chats of young women that I'd never even met oh, talking wow. about how this was a great day in the industry and I'm going to do this too. And the the nicest message that I heard was um, a friend of mine who found out texted me and said, I'm standing in the middle of Chadston crying like a dick. Aww. I'm so happy. And I thought, imagine me getting a job, making someone else have an emotional reaction. So I feel a great sense of responsibility to do a good job for all of those people who would like to have this future as well. Um, and there's absolutely no reason why there won't and shouldn't be more. And I hope this does open the door. Um, and I hope I don't muff it up. So the doors keep opening. Um, but there's pathway issues, there's bias issues, there's fear. You know, you've got to remember that boards are making these decisions to appoint these people and they don't, they love their clubs and they want to make good decisions and it hasn't happened much before. And when we haven't seen things happen, it's the um, unknown, isn't yeah, it? Um, it's not normal. But it's definitely changing. There's some great female executives in the industry um, at every level, some super talent coming through. So it will change, but it, it's frustrating that it's taken, taken some time. Yeah. People outside our industry like what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard to explain, but I think when you're in it, you see how it's happened and now hopefully the tide's turning. Yeah, the landscape is changing, Kim. We've got an AFL commission that is urging clubs and certainly the Adelaide Football Club is mm. taking this on board. You've heard John Olsen say he is working to have at least 40% of the Adelaide board made up of women. And ultimately you get judged by results, don't you? And one of the great studies that's been done by UK University, particularly with European football, where you've had so many clubs get into financial mess, has shown that if you have a female CEO of your club, you are fiscally responsible. They make 
good decisions. More balanced decisions, not as a motive. Yeah, probably right. There's men, yeah. um, there's egos and there's power. Yes, and, exactly. Um, as Paul but Gar- you can understand 30 years ago, and we, yeah. we, we just heard then what Jennifer was saying. I totally respect well, 30 what years saying, ago, we 30... were stupid to say girls couldn't play the game once well, they turned 14. Exactly right. And But you didn't have women yeah, involved in the program, so it's natural that they wouldn't be involved at a senior level back then. So it's it's been a slow burn. Yeah. But uh, yeah. we should be proud in South Australia, Rooch. 1894, we were the first uh, Australian colony to allow women to vote. Yes. And yes. we were the fourth place in the world where women were allowed to vote. Exactly. It was 1894. Mm. So we've come a long way, yes. mainly in the last 30 years, I'd suggest. Yeah, we've still got a long way to go. Good text coming through, Rooch. Uh, amazing, the Adelaide Football Club AFLW team with a chance of losing up to five players. I think it was only four, wasn't it? Only one has been poached by any of the expansion teams. Stay strong in 2023. That's from Jetty. Melbourne didn't lose anyone, did they? Uh, it's the final club. day today, and yeah. I checked. I don't think they have. The Premiership Club didn't lose anyone. Yeah. Brisbane got hit hard. Uh, I saw a good friend of ours, Rich, when we were down at West Lakes yesterday for a meeting with the Crows. I uh, went in to grab the coffee, and uh, there she was, uh, Mariana Ratchic. So I congratulated her yes. on behalf with her engagement Chelsea. To, uh, yeah. to Chelsea. Yeah. All right, we need Saw to go. Saw those to... photos on the weekend. Yeah, they look lovely. Yeah. They're very happy. Two delightful humans. All right, zero four two seven one five four one double six. We're going to hear a little bit from Ben Keys. Brody Smith spoke today too. We're still waiting to get the grabs from him and uh, Peter Ryan, a journo for the age, yes, has had man. a bit to say about who will be the new CEO of the AFLW. That's all coming up. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. I'm 3.29, appreciate your company. Hey, if you'd like to go to the Adelaide Cup this Monday, all you have to do is give us a call on 1300 736 736. Speak a modicum of sense on anything to do with sport, Rooch. We're not fussy. Can I throw a conspiracy theory up? Yeah, if it's a good one. Yeah. There is not pair of brothers called McKay, Mackay, in the AFL. They, they don't exist. There's only one. And now the one that's called Ben at North Melbourne won't play because he's got stress issues with his right foot in a moon boot. So he won't appear in round two against Carlton where there'll be a guy called Harry. I reckon it's the same bloke and he's playing for two clubs. Oh, you're an idiot, Rich. Uh, this has been going around for a while because the two they brothers play have against never each played other. against each other and they play in round Has anyone two. ever seen them together? Yes. All right, Rich. A little bit of mayo on that one, hey? That's a, <laughs> it is one that's been going around for a long time. Oh, well, it's... Uh, they, they, are, they are brothers. It's freakish. They do exist. Uh, if you want to go to the races... Give us a call. A few texts coming through, Rich. Just quickly, though, I can tell you WA are one for 47. Inglis looking good, 23 off 38 at the moment. So they're not scoring quickly after 12 yeah, they overs. Settled, but yeah, they look settled. So we'll see. I think Ben Manenti is just having a, uh, a bowl now. So hopefully he can snare a wicket. Just quickly, we're talking about International Women's Day, and rightly so. This text says, I don't care who runs the show, men or women, but all I want is the best person for the job. Mm. I think everyone agrees with that. It's 3.31. Val Miliacho coming up next.
Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Nearly 3.35 on a Wednesday afternoon, currently 18.7 degrees here in the city. We're at number one King William Street in Studio Lumo SA. The Marsh Cup final is underway in WA at the Wacker. And uh, they've lost one wicket after we sent WA in to run. The scores mm. disappeared. They won for 55 off 13 and a half over, so about four runs and over for each. We'd like another wicket or two, would we? Maybe another nine. Yeah, we'll be crossing there live at around 3.50 to have a chat to the West Australian new paper, newspaper, Jordan McArdle. 4pm, Juliet Haslam joins us. At 4.30, Matt Rendell will tell us who has the most talent, Adelaide or Port Adelaide. But right now we're going to talk the world game, Rich, with an old colleague of yours, yes. well, not old, uh, Val Miliacho is the chairman of Adelaide City and there's a bit happening in the world of football at the moment. How are you, Val? Yeah, good, thanks, guys. Uh, tell us about uh, your rise to the position of chairman at Adelaide City. Ah. When did it all take place and why? It's actually president, but oh, that's okay. Oh, uh, blame Rich for that. <laughs> he gave me the info. <laughs> Um, well, I was made redundant by News Corp back in 2020. I'm still working freelance, and uh, it's always been a con- conflict of interest to get involved with a football club. It came about last year. I got asked to go on the board last May. Um, the previous president, Greg Griffin, stepped down in September, and uh, the, the board decided to vote me in as so the president. That's how it came about. And it's been a big agenda ever since, Val. The big news yesterday, 32 clubs, including one NRL club, the Cronulla Sharks, want to get into the A-League. Yeah. It reminds us of the days of when Collingwood and Carlton from the AFL wanted to get involved in national soccer yeah. leagues, and they did. No surprise that you put up your hand there at Adelaide City. Long history, Adelaide City, of being a national football club. What's going to be the process to get you back? Well, the process, uh, as I can see, is going to be long, Hard. There's going to be plenty of work to do, and I think the main concern of probably most of the clubs that have submitted their um, expression of interest mm. is the financial viability and the long-term sustainability of having a national second division. There's still lots up in the air. Um, Football Australia now has got all the submissions. They've announced it, obviously, yesterday officially or the day before, and now they've got to come back to us with an operating model and um, we've got to see, as a football club from there, where we will stand. And um, I stress this is, for our football club, it's got to be sustainable for the long... It's got to be sustainable forever. I'm not going to... Uh, or the board won't enter a football club if we see the model is not going to be sustainable. So here's the big question. What is that model? How many clubs can you have in a second tier? And I heard your point yesterday where you, you made it quite public that you can't have a competition that just runs for two years because then people run out of money. It has to be a long-term second-tier competition. Yeah. So what's the magic number? The magic number, I think, uh, well, I think there was 37 um, all up if you include the, the joint submission by Football SA and there's Brisbane United. They've got four clubs as well. I think the magic number, it, it could even be like two conferences, um, North and South, and perhaps adding... Western Australia in the model as well. I think they've entered a club as well. Um, and there, there is lots of work to do. Um, and I think clubs have been crying out to actually get more professional, get more players into the professional leagues. And at the moment, the way that it stands, the A-League model has been good, but it's a close shot. 
So mm. there's only a certain amount of players that can become professional footballers in Australia. At the moment, the competition we're playing in, they're part-time. And and the, the, the world is open to us. It's global. That's why we're also affiliated with Atlanta, Bergamasco Calcio in Italy, because we've got a global market which they can take some of our resources. We can work from them as well. So we've got to think of the bigger picture. So if, if 32 clubs are in there, split it up by two sixteens and see what happens. But um, realistically, that's probably not going to happen. I'd say that it will probably come down to maybe 12 or 14 if Football Australia is going to be serious. So what's the pros of being a two-team town at a national level? Lots of pros. Um, one is especially it would make the other team, and I, and I harp, I'll go back to the days of when West Adelaide and mm. Adelaide City were in the yeah. National Soccer League. So mm. both clubs strive to work harder to be become better clubs, and that was happening for a long, long time um, until 1998, until West Adelaide was forced to pull out mm. the National Soccer League, and then we we were forced to pull out back in 2003 because of the model wasn't good. But it it makes clubs become better. Um, then you. Obviously, if if we do happen to be in the national second division, there won't be a derby as such because Adelaide United's in the A League. But but what it does is that that pool of players that Adelaide United is open to, and and they've got their own market. It's now going to become another market, so they've got to fight with perhaps another club or two clubs to get professional players from this state onto their books. It's just going to make football um, work harder. You can't rest on the laurels and and for clubs to become better, that's what I think. So if you were to have a crystal ball, how long would it take to get a system in place where you get promotion relegation from the A-League? And, and the other question of that is, you know that elsewhere in the world, you've got big money from TV deals or streaming deals that yeah. allow a club, once it goes from a yeah. lower division up to the Premier League, such as in England, they're going to get an enormous yeah. cash injection. Can yeah. you do that in Australia? That can't happen here, I don't think, because our market's too small and we're not the number one sport. I'm being very realistic. AFL is number one by a mile. Um, and then you've got the NRL and obviously cricket. Um, Basketball is coming up as well. Um, I think in, in, our, in our position, we would need to um, perhaps take on an investor which works both ways for us in the global world of football. Uh, and that's how I can see it's becoming sustainable. As for other clubs, I can't speak about the other clubs. So how long before we could get a promotion relegation system for the A-League? That's a very good question because the A-League, again, it's a closed shop. It's run by um, clubs and I can't see the 12 clubs at the moment voting for promotion and relegation. I mean, what, what, would, what would happen to the A-League if Melbourne Victory, you know, they're sitting, I think, close to last. What happens <laughs> if they're last and they drop out? What's going to happen to Melbourne Victory? Will their fans stick with them? Yeah. Will they continue to, to, to be the biggest A-League club in the country? Um, so it's going to be uh, probably a battle that Football Australia is going to have to sort of come into the picture as well because they've relinquished uh, running the A-League. It's now in the hands of the clubs and we've just got to suck it and see for now. What's Adelaide United's reaction to the possibility of this happening? Uh, to be quite honest, uh, I haven't had any reaction from Adelaide United. I've spoken to a couple of people um, inside the club, but I, I think they're quite happy that they're going to have perhaps another partner on the on the national stage. Mm. Um, but that's all I can tell you at the moment.
Val, if you haven't got promotion relegation and you've got two national leagues, one regarded as the A-League and one regarded as second tier, I don't, I don't see where the gain is for, for an Adelaide City. Ultimately, it becomes like what American football went through when they had the NFL and the AFC till they united. Yeah. You, you just get seemingly two competing competitions. I'm not seeing, unless you get promotion relegation, what's the, what's the advantage? No, I agree with you there. But, but like I said, the, the, the actual block at the moment is probably the Australian Premier League, yeah. Um, yeah. which is loaded with clubs that have got their own board. And I doubt very much that they're going to vote for promotion and relegation. This is where Football Australia is going to have to use its power to step in. Mm. That's, well, that's the only way I think it can happen. Well, watch this space with great interest. Oh, it'd be uh, good Val, if we had promotion relegation. It would be exciting. Exciting, yeah. Uh, as long as we... Didn't have any sides relegated, Rooch, here locally. Well, exactly. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, it's just, just on, on, yeah, on the end of that, we. And I asked a question that the Australian Association of Football Clubs: What if one state was to lose sides, yeah. A League and the National Second Division, and get relegated? What happens to that state? Yeah, yeah. They need to be protected territories. And that, that's exactly There's a lot of right. questions. Uh, we see it when Port and the Crows are down the bottom of the ladder. Uh, the damage it does. Imagine if they weren't in the comp at all. Uh, Legend right. City and That's United. Right. Hey, uh, Val, we wish you all the best. We'll stay across it. We're live and interactive. There's a stack of texts coming through, 0427154166. I don't know if this is true or not. This is uh, from one of our regulars, Mario. He's across everything. Mario from Maslin's Beach. He says, a photo of Val Miliacho has appeared on Rucci's Wikipedia page for years. Will he look to sue? He is much better looking than Michelangelo. Is that true or not? Oh, wow. That's a shocker. <laughs> I'd look into it. Roach, get your lawyers out. Well, I know which lawyer you won't be using, that's oh. for sure. Oh. <laughs> right. oh, so it was uh, Greg Griffin. Let's uh, address the elephant no, in the room. let it go. The elephant in the room. <laughs> Hang on, where's that elephant? Uh, did Greg go out uh, kicking and punching or was it all very amicable? Amicable. Amicable, beautifully answered, very mm. diplomatic, and plus he's a lawyer. Hey, <laughs> uh, yeah, good on you, Val. Great to Love chat Val. to you. We'll stay in touch. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was is, interesting. Is that true with your Wikipedia I page? Have no idea. We'll, we'll get Bumfluff Benny to have a look and find out. I don't think there's any pick on it. Really? No, I don't think so. Why that? Why is that, Rich? Well, there wouldn't be a pick that would hold up on the internet with me. It would crash with my picture on there. Oh, Rich, yeah, very, very handsome man. You need a haircut, <laughs> though. You need a haircut. Yeah. We're going to cross live to the Whacker uh, right after this break. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. Fifty on a Wednesday afternoon, a little overcast outside and a little, well, a little bit coolish, 18 degrees. Nice here in the studio, though, and nice if you want to go to the races on Monday. The Adelaide Cup gets underway. It will be run and won, and if you want a double pass, uh, give us a call now on 1300 736 736. Have a chat about sport, and we'll give you a double pass to the Giddy Up Club at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, the Redbacks need to giddy up. They need Do a few wickets. Currently one for 79 over at the Wacker on the 17th over. We've got a text here, Roach, saying, Hi, Kimbo and Roach. I'd have liked to see the Redbacks take a couple of wickets in the first 10 overs after sending WOA in, but a decent start nevertheless. Well, that came through when the it was about the ninth over. Um, they are looking very good, WA, at the moment. And a gentleman that we're about to cross to, live at the Wacker, would be like the cat that's caught the mouse, I think. Jordan McArdle, a reporter for the West Australian newspaper. Jordan, thanks for your time. 
Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. You'd be pretty happy with proceedings at the moment. Uh, your boys are nice and settled, Inglis and Bancroft. Yeah, it's been a, a decent start. The, the Redbacks struck fifth ball of the day and got Philippi out the player of the tournament. So it, was, uh, it wasn't looking good early days, but they've, they've certainly recovered since now. One for 81 in the, the 18th over. And, yeah, the, that drop catch from Henry Hunt could prove to be yeah. costly. Inglis was on 26. Um, yeah, it would have been um, been a real momentum changer there. But I feel like Inglis is uh, is just starting to make the Redbacks pay at the moment. He's moved up to 44 and, mm. yeah, just starting to find the boundary a little bit easier at the moment. Jordan, South Australia won the toss and asked the West Australians to bat. If the West Aussies had won the toss, what would have they done? Do you know? Well, Ashton Turner does love chasing in, in the big bash. He, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, I think they'd won pretty much every game chasing over the tournament that just concluded. So it, it wouldn't have surprised me if, uh, if they decided to bowl first as well. Looks like a, a reasonable batting wicket it as is. well. So you'd expect anything, yeah, anything around that sort of 280 to, to 300 mark to be uh, mm. be about about the mark at the moment. And yeah, WA are, are looking like getting towards that 300 mark. When you've got Ashton Agar yeah. batting at number eight, you've got um, you've got a pretty handy batting depth. And even even someone like Darcy Short didn't make the 11, which was remarkable. He's seventh leading run scorer in the tournament and, and WA's second for the tournament as well. Joel Paris didn't make the 11. Um, Hilton Cartwright as well, who was oh. the, the hero of last yeah. final with that amazing catch to dismiss Moses Henrique. So, um, yeah, the, the depth in WA cricket is just remarkable at the moment. Well, to be fair, your red-hot favourites for this one didn't drop a game all season and uh, the Redbacks were 4-3. and three. Uh, Who's in next for WA? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch Marsh oh. in next, so it doesn't, doesn't get any easier, really, does it? So. Oh, we need we need wickets. Hey, uh, hey, Jordan, what happened to the South Australian lineup just before the the toss? So Jake Carter actually did his hamstring in the warm up. Oh. So the, yeah, that's that's not the greatest omen, is it? So one of uh, one of probably a, a couple of players who have, have played a lot of grade cricket over here. Jake Carter, he, he experienced it at first class and yeah. league day level for WA. Made the uh, made the trip over here for for the Redbacks and then does his hammy in the the warm up just horror luck but uh, what a what a story it is for Kelvin Smith he's another one who mm. um, spent a couple of years over here playing grade cricket for Wanneroo played a bit of second eleven cricket for WA um, probably a, a little bit of a shock that he was you know in, in the thirteen man squad he hasn't actually played list A cricket for for South Australia before so to debut in a final. Um, is is just remarkable. His mm. last list A game at uh, for anyone was the, the national performance squad back uh, about eight or so years ago. So, yeah, what a story that is. He, he was obviously preparing for um, for drinks running duties, but now he's he's going to have a a spot at the top of the order. A few texts coming through as well. We're live and interactive. The text line zero four two seven one five four one double six. This one says the Sacker Sacker Spuds win the toss and send the Western Australia in. Sadly, they'll be chasing three hundred and fifty. That's from Daniel. Uh, do you think there's a chance for three fifty? Uh, at the moment, yeah. The way uh, English's luck is running, he just cut one over over backward point for four. So yeah, he's uh, he, he's had a bit of good luck at the moment, Josh English, and he's. Yeah, absolutely flying towards a half century. So yeah, three fifty probably, you know, wouldn't be uh wouldn't be off the cards at the moment, especially with how deep uh, 
WA bat, even guys like Kelly and, and Ty can, mm. can hold a stick. So, And Josh Inglis has just reached his half century. So back-to-back fours there for Josh Inglis. He's up to 53 now. And, yeah, the, uh, the stackers desperately need a wicket right now. All right, so just updating the score for us, Jordan. Uh, it's up to one for... Oh, they've, uh, they've changed it on me. Hold on two things. One for 91 now. One for 91. In the, hey, in the 19th over. A tough gig you've got, Jordan, but we really appreciate your time. And, uh, yes, you, we're having an enjoyable afternoon by the look of it, barring a miracle. Really appreciate your time. You can read his work in the West Australian newspaper, Jordan McArdle. Um, gee, promising start, Rooch, for the first seven or eight overs, but this could get messy. I think your tip around 300 might be there. Yes, definitely. One for All 91 right. after 18.2 overs. Just a reminder, Juliet Haslam after four. Matt Randall, if you've got a question you'd like to ask the big fellow, send us through, send it through on the text, 0427 154 You still think Port Adelaide's top four? Does he? Yes. Well, you'll ask him, I'm sure, Rooch. Uh, we've got a text coming. Mario's text through, and he's done it in serious font this time. Uh, <laughs> if you go into Michelangelo Rucci images and scroll down, you will come to a photo of Val with Rucci's name alongside of it. Uh. What have you uh-huh. been doing? You've been up a bit of mischief here too, hey? Don't hey? do anything. You've been romancing women under another name or something, <laughs> Rich, have you? Yeah. No. Um, hey, just on that soccer chat we had, Glenn yeah. has sent this through. Mm. Hi, guys. This is after we spoke to Val Miliarcho. Uh, if 32 teams have applied for the new soccer league, why not do two 16-team comps? Mm. Make one a second division and the other a third division comp and experiment with promotion and relegation for those leagues for a couple of years and then bring it into the A League. That's from Glenn. Yeah. It's all part of it. All part of the thinking. Reasonable. Yeah. Hey, everything's, everything's on the table, surely. They've got to consider every option. They've got to broaden the game and give clubs incentives to get better and better. Ben Keyes had to look at his options when he was delisted from the Brisbane Lions. Uh, Adelaide offered him a lifeline. He was on with Bix and Walsh. You can hear them here on SEN 1629 between 6 and 8.30, Tuesday to Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. Uh, Benny was asked by the boys, uh, was being delisted by the Lions a blessing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that was uh, that was an absolute blessing. Um, probably be out, being able to move out of my hometown as well um, in Brisbane. I was, you know, raised in Brisbane. I was always there, and you know, felt like I knew everyone there. And that that comes with a bit of extra pressure. And um, to leave and come to, to Adelaide, which is which is a footy state, which was another uh, experience for me, and just to really feel the pressure and the, you know the vibe of the city, how much they love their sport. Um, it was just a completely different journey, and it's really sort of brought the best out of me so far and brought its own challenges. But, yeah, I'm loving it at the moment. Um, it's fantastic. And, and obviously coming to the club the same time that Nixie did was, was really helpful for me as well. So we were able to sort of, you know, build a relationship from that, uh, from that day one, and um, he was almost able to mould me uh, into the player that he sort, of, he sort of wanted going forward. He clearly had a vision. So, yeah, a lot of little blessings along the way. Um, it's, it's good looking back. Um, yeah, it's been, been an interesting time. But, yeah, hopefully it's uh, onwards and upwards from here. Interesting to hear him talk about Matthew Nix because you weren't there for the start of yesterday's uh, meet and greet with the Crows. But Nixie spoke glowingly of Ben Key, saying he is one of the key players at the club that has driven the standards over the last uh, couple of years. Um, there's a lot of talk now that uh, Crows are genuine about making the eight, and they genuinely believe it. Mm. Um, this was Ben Key's view on that. I think we show that we, we can mix it with those teams. However, I'm also very wary of sort of yeah, throwing that word around. Uh, 
I've sort of only witnessing firsthand now um, the South Australian media and how uh, how crazy it all is. Uh, we've won two preseason <laughs> games and, and everyone's going bananas. So it's, it's, I'm having a, a little laugh to myself. But um, look, we're well, me me in particular, but as a group, we're pretty process driven. So yeah, we're just trying to go really refine our game, really keep working on the areas we need to work on. And um, I feel like we're doing that. I feel like we're yeah we're a few years into this rebuild, if you want to call it that, and we're really starting to see some see some results. So. I mean, yeah, the on-field results are sometimes out of our control, so we just have to see what happens, and all we can do is uh, is prepare. The on-field results are out of our control, right? And and laughing at the media, he's laughing at you, Roach. Have we gone bananas because they've won two pre-season games? I wouldn't have thought anyone's gone over the top on that, have they? I'm, I'm not part of the media, but I don't think. I think they deserve the credit they're getting Absolutely. at the moment. I wouldn't have thought people were they look forecasting up anything out of the ordinary for him at the moment. It's a different take, isn't it? He's trying to put a lid on it already. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting a bit of positivity right. after three years of doldrums. Oh, goodness. He's trying to put a lid on it. Yeah. Hey, it's uh, four o'clock. Just a reminder, Oakbank Easter Festival, three days jam-packed with racing and entertainment. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Three minutes past four, appreciate your company. It's 18.3 degrees outside. Just a reminder, Matt Rendell coming up at 4.30. And if you'd like tickets to the Adelaide Cup, which is on Monday, we have a double pass to give away to the Giddy Up Club. All you have to do is give us a call on 1300 736 736 and have a chat about sport, and we'd love to give you those tickets. We're going to have a chat now. It's International Women's Day. Not that we need that as a reason to speak to our next guest. One of our favourites, Roach, a two-time Olympian, won a gold at Atlanta in 96 and in 2000 in Sydney. Oh, no, I've got to correct you. Three-time Olympian, I think. Well, two-time I was, gold medalist. Well, that's what I said, didn't I? No, you said two-time Olympian. Olympic gold medalist. Twice. I don't know what I say most of the times, Rouge, but I think I was still correct. Two-time gold medalist. Yes, three-time uh, Olympian. Juliet Haslam joins us now whilst we argue. <laughs> I don't want to sell her short. <laughs> I said to, well, I didn't want to read the whole CV. Three uh, Olympics, wasn't it, Juliet? It was. No, you got that right. Thank you. Yeah. But, um, Barcelona, no, Atlanta, Sydney, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, we'll stuff the both yes. of you then. Uh, Two-time oh, gold medalist at the World Cup, gold medalist <laughs> at the Commonwealth Games. One, two, three, four, five-time gold medalist <laughs> at the Champions Trophy. Is that good yeah, enough? Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Jules, it's International Women's Day and uh, you're heading up an AFLW club at the moment. You're into the second year. We thought it was opportune to talk to you. You have a very strong uh, female presence with your program. Um, tell us how it's all working. Oh, look, yeah, no, it's a, I think it's just a fabulous day today. It's a real celebration of... Women and their contributions around, you know, all areas of society and Port yeah, Adelaide. Um, it's it's not just about today; it's pretty much every day for us. So we're mm. we're very fortunate. Now, Juliet, you know that Kim loves you. You know how many told you that. Mm-hmm. But last week, <laughs> last week, what you were number one on his enemy list for taking Ashley Woodlock from the Crows. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, it wasn't. You, wasn't a you wouldn't camper. believe yeah, how disgraceful that was. Disgraceful. <laughs> Now tell I us. I can imagine, yes. Tell <laughs> us the master play you made on this one to upset Kim Dillon. <laughs> oh, look, you know, I think it's uh, this priority signing period. It's, you know, it's a really important step um, towards equalising the AFW comp. And I think 
this time it really is a true expansion period. I mean, I think we had a lot of constraints on us in um, in season one, and um, this is an opportunity, I guess, to be able to um, equalise the competition, which is going to be a better product for everyone. So. Uh, we did have the opportunity to. Um, we had three priority picks, and we're you know we're really wrapped with being able to to bring um, Ashwell into the club. Anything left in the piggy bank after that signing? <laughs> 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 Look, you know we're we're wrapped to have Ash as a key forward. She'll be fabulous for us, um, and she's a wonderful person to boot. We've also um, also got Janelle Cuthbertson, who's a tall defender from from Fremantle, from WA, uh, also great character. It's going to be great having her on board. And um, and then, of course, we were very excited to bring on, sort of, I guess, a rising ruck. She's a big, tall, amazing young athlete, Matilda Scholl. So we're really happy with um, this um, priority signing. I think you're allowed, sorry, you're allowed to get four players. Can you tell us who you chased and couldn't get over the line? Oh, no, look, there's a few that we couldn't get across the line and um, all for different reasons. Uh, but, look, you know, like I said, we're really happy with where we're at now. And we now move into the, the sign-and-trade period where all clubs are involved, which is this Friday. So, um, you know, no doubt that we'll have some more activity throughout that period too. We're all friends, Juliet. Who else did you target from the <laughs> Crows? Who else did you target? I, I'm being serious. I no. would have, I'd be surprised and at other clubs haven't had a crack at Montana McKinnon. I think there's a lot of upside there. Look, yeah, look, there's a lot of um, there's been a lot of discussions, a lot of conversations. You know, I think um, you know there, there's been movement across other clubs as well with the other three expansion teams. So I think everyone's pretty happy with where we've ended up, and uh, I know certainly from Port Adelaide's perspective, we're we're wrapped with this period. Julia, tell us about Jackie Yorston taking 12 months away from the game, mentioning both physical and mental reasons for doing so. How did this play out? Yeah, look, it's been it's been a bit of a tough time for Jack. She's back in Queensland now. Um, she's yeah, had some issues with some and injuries with her knee, which she's still sort of working through yeah. at the moment, and some you know some some mental health issues, which you know she's dealing with, and we're supporting her in every way we can. But um, so she'll be inactive for us this year, this season. Um, but we're you know, hoping that she might be able to come back next next season, bigger and better. One of the reasons we wanted to have a chat as well, being International Women's Day, is that the Port Adelaide Football Club as a whole now is only just shy of a 50-50 male-female gender split, and that should be acknowledged. Uh, If people want to get involved in the program, how can they go about it? Our women's program? Yeah, just in any way to get involved at the club, whether in a volunteer capacity or... Yeah, no, for sure. Um, we've got um, a number of students that come on board to do work experience and um, we're always looking for volunteers at the club. So, yeah, they can um, get in touch with myself, if you like, uh, for the program. Rachel Spawn's a good contact as our operations manager, but uh, we'll certainly be able to help people out if they'd like to be involved. Juliet, when you've unpacked everything that was Season 1 for Port Adelaide and AFLW, what's the big lesson that you're going to take into Season 2? Uh lesson um i think for us it's you know it was a real rush that first season and we just had to pull the program together as fast as we could i think for us now it's about really um developing our our young list and continuing to improve in any way we can and that's across obviously the playing group and off field as well you know there's a lot of things that that we can do better in this season and we're absolutely looking at ways to be doing that and um, working hard to have a, a fabulous season too for us. And how are you coping 12 months in and who are you leaning on? <laughs> oh, look, I think um, it's been, you know, it's 
working in the world of sport is always pretty full on, but it's an incredibly exciting place to, to be and to, to work in. I feel really wrapped to be working at Port Adelaide. You know, it's been um, it's been the love of my life for a long time. So it's a, kind of a dream job and enjoying it. Certainly wouldn't say it doesn't have its challenges, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, loving being involved at Port Adelaide, absolutely. Julia, Port Adelaide went out of its way to make sure that the women's program had women leaders. We've spoken at the start of the show about how the pathway for women at AFL men has advanced, increased, opened up. When are we going to get to the point where, like Kim said, it's about getting the best people for the, the job, but it's just mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter if you're a male or female, mm-hmm. a male or female program. It's just this is footy. And we're all working together in footy. And it's interesting. We have um, in our program, we have our, we call it our W leadership group. And there's seven of us and we're, it's all female. Um, and, you know, certainly from my perspective, I never actually set out to have a full female yeah. leadership team. But that's just sort of how it's turned out. They were all the best candidates for each of the roles. And, um, you know, we're, we have a fantastic dynamic. You know, we challenge each other. There's mm. tough conversations, but... Also, you know, we have time to pause and recognise achievements and celebrate successes. So it's a great, great group to be with. Love it. Juliet, any idea of when the season will start? When was that likely to be announced? Yeah, we're still waiting um, to hear from the AFL. They're negotiating the, the CBA still and, and we're a part of that. So it looks like our pre-season should start um, in May and uh, the actual season start is pretty sure it will be locked in for that buy round again um, before the men's finals start. So it'll be around the start of September. Any debate on how many games? Uh, look, there is plenty of debate. Um, there were 10 last season plus finals, four weeks of finals. Um, I think from the Players Association's perspective, they'd like to have more games. Yep. AFL, I reckon, are pretty keen to lock it in for the 10. So yeah, really. we'll see where that ends up. We're not really uh, we're not really sure where that will end up at the moment. But, um, yeah, I'll... We'll just have to wait and see. Last one. Mm. Perfect world from your point of view would be how many? Um, 17? Oh, I think anywhere between. <laughs> Ultimately, yes, of course, we'd love to be able to play each team once. Mm. I think that you know, absolutely should be a long-term goal um, for the competition. Mm. Juliet, enjoy International be. Women's Day. We'll chat to you before the season gets underway. We really appreciate your time. No, awesome. Thanks, guys. Always love to chat to you. Uh, don't steal any more crows. Oh, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> so there there you go, Kim. It's a little bit of fun, Rach. It still hurts a little bit. But it's a delightful Kim. Yeah. But it adds one. to the rivalry. It does. It, it certainly does. Um, we're just running out of time then. Uh, long term, we'd like 17. I would be saying short term, that's got to be the goal. Long term goal, 17 round season, play each other once. Surely yeah. that's a short term goal. Yes, but it's a step-by-step process, this AFLW. Totally understand. Step-by-step. Uh, no, don't look at that scoreboard. No, Redbacks are out of step at the moment. One for 20 off oh. 21 WA. We need wickets. We need them quickly. Inglis now 72 off 63 or 68 off a really slow start. Bancroft starting to ramp it up a bit. He's playing the anchor. 38 off 58. We'll take a break. Then we'll come back with more of your text. Matt Rendell at 4.30. If you want to ask the big fella something, send us a text. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 
9.32, running late for the news, but that's not unusual. We're here thanks to Hyundai, the Hyundai Tucson. Tomorrow's SUV in stock now. If you're out on the road, take care. Could be getting a little bit of rain. Just quickly, an update from the Wacker WA. One for 142 after 26 overs, closing in on six runs per over. Uh, Looked like heading towards at least 350. Oh. Not good for the Redbacks at all. We need and a miracle, can, And they can bowl as well, Kim. Oh, I know they can. They can bat and bowl. Don't worry about wow. that. Matt Rendell coming up after the news. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. We're here thanks to Hyundai, the Hyundai Tucson. Tomorrow's SUV is in stock now. It's a sensational car. Alrighty, we're going to go to an interview from Adam Collins, SEN's own, uh, one of the best commentators in the world at the moment. He's over in India. He sat down with Steve Smith, spoke about the third test victory, previewed the fourth test and spoke about him being captain. Steve Smith, thanks for joining SEN Test Cricket here in Ahmedabad ahead of the fourth test match. Um, there are two surfaces being prepared. Uh, any thoughts from your end on, on what you might end up being presented with? Uh, not entirely sure. Um, you know, I think uh, turning up to the ground yesterday, um, we got told 60% the black soil, 50%, uh, 40%, 40% the uh, red soil. Um, and then I think those... Um, percentages may have gone up uh, when the Indians arrived to the ground and everyone seemed to be looking at the the black soil wickets. So um, we'll wait and see again today. Um, we'll, uh, yeah, see what we think and, uh, yeah, hopefully have a good test match. Just in layman's terms about black versus red soil, if it were to be the black soil, how that, how that might inform selection uh, relative to the red soil? Um, oh, it, may, it may not change too much at all. Um, you know, I think just generally black to red, I think the black usually keeps a little bit lower, doesn't bounce quite as much as the red one. Um, so, yeah, that's from what I can see the real differences. But um, whether that sways any selection or anything, um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. You seem to enjoy captaining three spinners uh, at indoor last week. Of course, it worked out well for the Australian side. They bowled them out on a couple of occasions. But it's an unusual thing to do. But uh, in terms of tweaking the field every couple of balls, you seemed in your element. Yeah, no, it was, it was a really fun week. Um, you know, I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy captaining over here in India. There's, there's stuff going on all the time. Um, you know, you've got to be almost ahead of the game or, or switched on to be able to make moves, um, you know, right away. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a good week. The guys responded really well. Um, everyone did their, their job and... Um, yeah, fortunately, we were able to, to get a win, which was the um, the best part of it. And uh, just about the two uh, pitches, to Steve, so far you had three pitches where the ball has started turning very early and you had to adjust uh, both the tempo and the approach uh, to those tests. Uh, so does that just continue and then you just react if it is the other kind of pitch where you can take it slow and drag the game out? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if the surface is flatter and um, isn't taking as much spin, particularly off the middle of the wicket, um, you know, it enables us to potentially bat for longer, um, trust our defence a little bit more and, 
um, probably not have to be as proactive as you, you, I guess you have to be on the, the wickets that we've played on so far. So, um, yeah, we'll wait and see how it, it turns out. Um, and, yeah, hopefully we can play accordingly. And um, it is a massive stadium. It is big. Uh, if they do play on the pitch, uh, which we think they will play at the 60% one, it's a mighty boundary on, on one side. It's kind of awkward for test cricket. And also, they might have to have a makeshift side skin. The things you generally don't see in test cricket. Uh, just, just your take on that? Yeah, I think um, whichever wicket we're on, um, of the two, one side's going to be big. So... Um, yeah, I mean, you, you do see that around the, the world. Um, and with the, the side screens, most places we go, they're, they're stuck in anyway. So, um, yeah, it looks like they'll probably have to put something down that, that wasn't there um, yesterday when we turned up here. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine come game time. You've been a test cricketer for nearly 13 years now, Steve. Ahmedabad might have, I don't know, 100,000 people there. It's effectively a political rally as well, as we know, with both Prime Ministers there. This is going to be unusual terrain even for someone of your experience. Yeah, it could be incredible. Um, you know, I think well, the biggest test crowd I would have played in front of would be the MCG on Boxing Day. Um, I think it might have been a 90,000er potentially. Um, so, yeah, I think... The stadium holds 130, um, so if it's anywhere near that, it could be an unbelievable atmosphere. And, um, you know, as players, we, we love playing when it's like that. Um, it'll be bloody loud out there, though, I can, I can assure you. But um, it, it should be, you know, if, if it is as um, packed as they potentially say it could be, it, it could be unbelievable. Long way down from the dressing room to the ground and back, Steve. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to... I don't want to say too much. You don't want to nick off too early here. Um, you know, it is a long way back to the shed um, up those stairs. But, um, yeah, wow, I mean, what a stadium. It looks unbelievable and um, makes for a good test match. You've been to India so many times across your international, indeed your domestic career as well. It's possible this could be your last test match in India. You'll be 37 or 38 by the time the test team return. Wouldn't you love the chance to get stuck in and back for a couple of days here? Yeah, it would be nice to, to get in and, and have that ability to bat for a couple of days. Um, you know, the surfaces probably haven't kind of dictated that so far. So, um, yeah, we'll wait and see what this one's like. But, um, yeah, I, I dare say I'm not coming back for any test cricket, um, given my age. But um, who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. Just on, on that, Steve, so just seeing the team the way it is, the way you won an indoor, are you happy with the core and do you see them uh, in four years from now? actually being a force to reckon with them, batting and bowling both together? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's some, some certainly some young players that we've got in the side right now that are um, learning a lot from this tour um, and having some good impact as well. So, um, yeah, I think it, it bodes really well for the future. Um, they'll take a lot out of this experience playing over here and get a greater understanding, I suppose, of what it's like playing Test cricket in India and can only hold them in good stead. A lot's made of being the vice-captain of the Aussie Test team over the years. And at home, I'm sure you picked up on a lot of noise about, well, maybe you should be the full-time captain again. But can you just elaborate on the relationship you have with Pat and why you two in concert's working so well? Yeah, no, look... Uh, I'm, I'm pretty chilled where everything's at and, um, you know, my job's just to make things as comfortable as possible and as easy as possible for, for Paddy and, um, you know, I think my experience playing the game, I've, I've played for a pretty long time now, um, you know, I've seen a lot all around the world and, um, 
you know, I think I've got a pretty good understanding of the game. So for a, a new captain, um, you know, I, I'm able to, to help him and share my experiences and what I can see in particular out on the field from standing in the slips. Um, you know, I get a, quick, a good gauge of angles and, um, and things like that. So, yeah, plenty of communication out there. And, yeah, ultimately it's up to Paddy to, to make the moves. But, um, yeah, I keep communicating and helping in any way that I can. And lastly, if, if you were to go 2-2 two -two here and, and take that away from here, World Test Championship final, a chance to win in England potentially for the first time since 2001, your generation of players have all said what this year means to you as senior players. Uh, can you just add to that about what 2-2 two -two would mean going to England? Oh, I think 2-2 two -two would be uh, an ideal finish. Um, not where we would have liked at the start of the, the tournament, I don't think. Um, you know, we had a lot of belief in ourselves that we could compete with India, which we showed obviously last Test match, but um, unfortunately too little too late to, to win the series. But yeah, I mean, to finish 2-2 two, two all would be would be a great finish to the, this, this series. Um, there's not too many touring sides come here that win two games. So um, that'd be, a, I guess, a a bit of a, a feather in our cap and then yeah we look forward to the the world test championship final which should be really exciting um and then uh, an ashes series away which is which is also exciting so yeah big big couple of months coming for this group and yeah we're all looking forward to it steve smith have a great week enjoy yourself and thanks for joining us here in test cricket thank you Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. The 4.36, if you're interested in the Marsh Cup final, bad news for the Redbacks so far. They need a miracle. WA won for 157. I think that was just a six then off Ben Menenti. They are opening the shoulders. They're going to reach at least 350. You said a miracle was required. One man that could wield the willow in his young days. He was very good around the Lockleys area. Was hey, he's not bad at wielding it even now yeah, with his he, words. Yeah, well, he, when it comes to you, Roach, you're a boy, <laughs> you two. You're uh, going to have a crack at him today. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah. Matty Randall, the list guru, joined us. Matthew. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you going? Not bad. Were you a great junior cricketer? Uh, I quit cricket at 13. Uh, me and uh, Roger Dugan, you'd, you'd remember Dukes, Roger played yeah. for South Australia, yeah. Uh, we used to open the batting and open the bowling together, but he was a he was a gun. He took ten for five one day, and then the next week nine for nineteen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He played South Australia, but uh, no, I was, I was okay at it. But um, no, I gave it up to play baseball. Actually, I really enjoyed baseball. Could have you gone on in baseball or not? Um, I wouldn't. Have, you know, I, I might have been a chance to play state. I was a pitcher. I could have taken my name. Uh, when footy took over, uh, but we won a flag in our last, um, won, won the premiership in my last game there for West Torrance. So um, uh, yeah, I was I was a chance to be a pitcher, first base type player. So I'm better than okay. All right, let's yeah. go to a sport where you did excel, and that's uh, football, VFL, Sandfall, AFL. Uh, we've had that many texts this week about comparing line by line. Adelaide and Port Adelaide, and a lot of people have requested you to do that. So we'll spit them out to you based on last week's side. You can add who we've missed, all right? We'll keep it. We'll try and get through this. Well, do you want to do it on last week's side or do you want to do it on their best 
22. No, the best 22. Yeah, they're, best, they're best 22, but yeah. I'll just read out last week's side and you can go from there. So okay. we're going in defence. Adelaide first. Jordan Butts, Tom Duday, Patrick Parnell, V, Alir Alir, Tom Jonas, Jace Burgoyne. Throw in who you want. Um, well, it's real difficult to do. Why can't we do a back six? Yeah, no, okay, I agree with you, go back yeah, six then, yeah. do it Unit by unit. That's a good idea. Okay, so Duggan A. Butts, Parnell, Smith, Murray, Dawson. That's their back six, isn't right. it? Yep. Yeah, yep. pros. Yep. Um, and I would have thought Port Adelaide is Burton, Alia, Jonas, Houston, Lockie Jones. Ooh. And mm. the other one was a bit tricky, was Cleary or McKenzie. Mm. Well, you're going to yeah. Cleary. And, and you've yeah. got Darcy Burn jones I'm not sure if you said him, you may have. Oh, I've got him like as uh, fifth. You know, the, um, the number 23 on the bench. Oh, Ooh, right. Oh, the hello, deputy vice-captain. And, uh, and with well, uh, Wayne Miller as him. well. Wayne Miller, of course. Jones. Yeah, I've got Jones in front of him. So, um, look, their defence, uh, Port Adelaide, Cleary and Alir Jonas, I'm going to put in front of Murray and Butts at the moment. But I've got big hopes for Murray. I, I think sometime later in the year... People will be talking about him being in the All-Australian uh, squad of 40. He's a very, very good player. I think he's gone past butts. He's going to get the best defender every week. Okay. And that could change by the end of the year. But Smith and Dawson, fantastic off half-back. And Parnell's a bit of an unknown there. But, the, but Houston, Burton, Jones, uh, Jonas Alia and Cleary or McKenzie's probably got the nod in, in that back six at the moment. Okay, and Duday as well for Adelaide. Mm, so, yeah. Uh, so Yeah, you, Duday, yeah, I had him in yeah. there. Yeah. All right, you yeah. give the nod to Port Adelaide so just... Port Adelaide's got defence. Now we're going to go to the area where mm. you have spoken so highly of Here Port we Adelaide. go, here we go. The midfield, who has well, okay, the better well, midfield, got, Matt? Well, I've got Port Adelaide, Lysette Wines, Rosie Butters, um, Dersma, and I tossed up between Farrell or Burgoyne on the other wing. It'll be Bergman. Uh, Burgoyne? No, Bergman. I think it'll be Bergman, Bergman after yeah. his pre Oh, you reckon it'll be Bergman? Yeah, I think Miles yeah. Bergman's In front making... of those two, okay. Yeah. All right, and on the other side, I've got Jones, Malira playing on the wings. Ooh. O'Brien led Schoenberg Tees. Hey, just quickly, Matty, I can tell you we sat down with Matthew Nix yesterday. Uh, the number one choice Ooh. will be Sloan and Hinge. Chase Jones is the backup if Sloney can't handle it or Minch, uh, Mitch Hinge uh, loses form. Mm. Mitch, where, where are you talking about? What, wings. Wings, wings. Wings, yeah. Will be Sloan oh, and Hinge. Hinge on the wings? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I prefer Chase Jones. He can get up and down the ground a bit better. Yeah. So um, I don't mind Hinge in defence, but I just can't get him in there. Yeah. Um, so I would say that... Um, Port Adelaide have got the advantage here at the moment. So, <clears throat> considering also that they can throw, uh, you know, JHF in there as well. Yeah. So, mm. uh, but there's my rosy butters at their best and, and wines. I haven't even got Boak in there even. I've got mm. Boak on the bench. Um, uh, I think that's a better bet than uh, the Crows at the moment. Malira, good end of the year last year. Jones, sort of a bit of unknown, but good end to last year as well. Schoenberg was great at the end. Keys and Laird have been great. Uh, so if you're going to count the back six and not talking about other players that are coming in there, I've got to give Port the nod there as well. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm with you there at this stage. Uh, they're on the improved Adelaide, though. and they forward line's really got, interesting. Yeah, but they, the forward line's really interesting. So I've got Rankin, Fogarty, Sloan, Tilthorpe, Tex, Rochelle. 
Mm, and for Port Adelaide, you might find Himmelberg. Uh, yeah, Himmelberg's in part of it. We had a good chat yesterday. I've got him on the bench. All right. Okay. I've got Himmelberg on the bench. Who are you going to put Himmelberg in front of Adelaide? Phil Thorpe. Phil Thorpe. He made it clear yesterday, no. Matthew Nix. Okay. Well, I'll come. I'll talk about that a little bit later because I had another thought about last week when I was talking about Darcy Moore. All right. Um, for Port Adelaide, I've got Jason Horn, Francis Marshall, Georgiades, Fanta, Dixon, Rioli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about Sam Palpepper? Um, Where's he fit for you? No, he's he's on the bench. Oh, <laughs> wow! This is a loaded bench. Well, Rioli and Fanta are going to get in front of him, and you need Jason Horn Francis in there because he's going to rotate through the midfield. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Now, the mm. only way Powell Pepper comes in if Georgie Artis goes to the bench and Powell Pepper comes in, which he can do. Yep. I don't pay much attention to Blacks no. being on the bench. Yeah, is it? gotcha. It's gotcha. it's really twenty two now. It's not eighteen. Yeah, it's 22 agreed. because they agreed. changed so much. Agreed. So I'm going to give the nod the forward line to the Crows there. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I um, like that. And what about if we add another category called depth? The bench. Got, no, the bench. Well, that's the depth charge. Yep. Who's, who's well, got I found, better depth? I found it a lot harder to pick the Crows best 22, 23 yep. than I did Porto Lakes. So I've got Boat, Drew, Finlayson, um, um, you know, the Sin... Bourgoyne, I don't know where Sin sits at the moment. Farrell, mm. um, maybe a Bonner, and well, it's a Boone Jones. Mm. Um, whereas I, I like the, I've got Pedler, Saligo, uh, McCadam, you yeah. know, mm. oh, really good, and Himmelberg on the bench. Um, and I've got my 23rd as, a, as an interesting one. I don't know how he's going, but Mark Keane, um, because I'm, I'm worried if you lose a Murray or a Butts. You haven't got a replacement the Irish for down one. back. And Mark well, well I tell you, you back. have. There's one you've missed, and I believe he may play in the opening round, and that's Max Michael yeah, Annie. There's another one. Yeah, so there's Well, I thought, the I thought about yeah. him. I thought about him, but I couldn't work out who I'm going to take out of here. Yeah. You're not taking anyone. He's sort of take, so, he's, he's where Dodie would play. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're going, going back now. Hey, so, Matty, then, we, we look at this. So you've given two categories, defence and midfield, to Port Adelaide. You've given the forward set up and Ooh. the bench, which is depth to the Crows. So it shows there's not much between the two sides. But you have Port Adelaide top four still. Are you still comfortable with that? Because uh, Roots thinks there's no chance. No chance for top four. I mean, this is a, a horrifically difficult top four to pick. Mm. I, I, I would say right here, right now, there's two locks that look like being Brisbane and Melbourne. Yep. Now, the rest of them, there, there could be eight teams that could make up that other two. You know, Collingwood, Bulldogs are going to be better. Port have to be better. Uh, I'll certainly be fitter. Uh, I hope they come with a better uh, attitude than they did last week in that practice game. Mm. Um, uh, Richmond have to be better. You know, they lost six games. They never lose Richmond mm. last year. And... and and no Dusty. So mm. Dusty, anywhere near back to his best. Richmond got to be in there. So it's horribly difficult. I'm thinking there's two, should be two locks in Brisbane and, and Melbourne and the rest is, the rest will rely on, and I'll, I'll probably do this next week. I'll, I've had a good look at the draw and um, it's, it's so important, the draw, because it's not necessarily who you play twice. And I'll just give you a, a brief, what I wrote down for Adelaide and just let me get it out. It's not who you play twice, but it's who you play at home that are the gun teams and who you play away that are the gun teams. Yeah. So um, Adelaide's wasn't that flat. 
tell you the truth, they're draw in relation to that. And I'll probably talk about, as I said, a bit more next week. Yeah, we'll have and a chat Port about that. Uh, what's that, sorry? No, no, we'll have a chat uh, about that, yep. Yeah, and Port Adelaide, I'm just having a look. If, did I write any notes there? Um, no, I didn't write any notes on there. But someone like um, the Dockers, so I gave the Dockers a poor draw. That's why I sort of, they can't win the flag. They're playing uh, all the good teams away from home. Yeah. And Brisbane have got a cracking draw. Uh, you know, I gave them like the three ticks and the Bulldogs. Mm. So Bulldogs, and, uh, I've already said Brisbane in, but Bulldogs could finish in the top base uh, what looks like to be a really good draw as well. Hey, Matty, um, we'll, we'll get into that next week. We've got a few questions coming yeah. through for you via the text. Yeah. We've got three, go. three minutes to go. This one, uh, you might like this. This might get you up and about. Uh, it's from Nigel at McGill. Hi, boys. Can you please ask Matt, when does he think a recruiting manager should become accountable for poor draft selections? Adelaide Football Club have butchered first-round draft picks for fun, and there doesn't seem to be any action from the club on those in charge. If anything, they seem happy with the situation. As an ordinary football fan, I just don't understand it. That's from Nigel. Or, or was that signed, Stephen? No. It's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a damn good question, and um, you know, clubs have been set back a decade by poor picks. Yeah. I, I don't want to castigate anyone in particular, but. Um, you know, St Kilda should have taken Bontempelli and Petrarca. Uh, and where would they be now? Yeah. We wouldn't be talking about them as, you know, missing the eight. They'd be locks. Mm. Uh, so you've got to get your first-round picks right. It, it's absolutely essential you get your first-round picks right. Uh, and where Adelaide have been able to be good is, you know, they have missed in Gallucci and fisher Mackenzie. Mm. Uh but they've been able to pick up some really good ones at the back end. I mean, Murray and Butts are, are rookies yeah. and they're holding down their key back. So, look, if you miss at the back end as well, uh, you're in a lot of trouble over... A, it's probably going to be a four or five-year period. It's probably five years because you're going to give them till 23 to show their worth. Yeah, and now, let's, let's not forget that... Uh... Melbourne, Melbourne won a flag off having nine players in their team outside 30 in the draft. Uh, you know, with rookies and everything. Nine players is a lot in a premiership team. Mm. The other thing before we go to the next text, I was going to say, look, I was thinking about that Darcy Moore thing last week. Now, I wouldn't ruck Darcy Moore at, at the centre bounce because only bad things can happen to you. But he could swap with Cox or, or uh, Cameron and then come on the ball. And it got me thinking, why wouldn't Adelaide do this with Tilthorpe taking the centre bounces and... Who could run around the ground? And this this is why you could keep Himmelberg in the in the front six. I would put Tex Walker on ball. Oh. So doing this Darcy Moore role, Tex would be dynamic because you know he competes at centre at, at ball ups and throw-ins. He's excellent at it. Yeah, no, I, I reckon that yeah, uh, I don't even I think he'd the play every game. That would be great. Interesting okay. one. We'll flesh that one out. I don't think he'll even play every game. Hey, we got to, and, and of course, um, Port Adelaide can do it with Dixon and Finlayson as well. We've got a, yeah, a minute for this one, Matty. Oh, you know, this will yep. test you, all right? So we have to keep you accountable. Hey, boys, can you ask Matthew what he thinks about who has the better coaching staff between Port and Adelaide? That's next for, week. Next, do that for next oh, week. Oh, we'll do that one next week. Do that next week. Right, well, what do you think about that? that. Some right. thought. We'll, give you, we'll give you all the information and you can go through them. And uh, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I, uh, oh. 
Adelaide may get a nod there in terms of depth. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was worried about, Matt. (laughs) Hey, Matty, love your work. We'll let you go. (laughs) We'll load you you up for next week. And fix your phone. Professional fault finders jumping on the bandwagon of Adelaide. And fix your phone. (laughs) You've got a few texts for that. For goodness sake, get back to your bloody phone. Didn't he he say it was the worst list ever, the Adelaide? Who? Cornsey, the professional fault finder. Oh, gosh. He's in the the studio at the moment, too. He's in the studio. He's jumping on. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been driving the bandwagon for a year. I'll tell him he can get on when I let him get on. Beautifully done, Matty. I don't know if he can hear that. He's talking to Bump Love Benny. We'll chat to you next week. (laughs) All right. Hey, Roots, we're going to wind it up in about uh, 10 seconds' time. It's been a good day. A lot of texts coming through. Uh, Annie wants to know if we announced who's replacing uh, Zachy Butters as a regular on the show. We'll do that next week, Mm -hmm. Annie. Appreciate all the texts. Apologies if we couldn't get back to you. It is International Women's Day, Roots, so I think it's appropriate that we finish with this song. Plus, I bloody like it. It's called I Am Woman. It's by Helen Reddy. It's an anthem for women right throughout the world. Have a wonderful day. I am woman, hear me roar In numbers too big to ignore And I know too much to go back and pretend Cause I've heard it all before And I've been down there on the floor No one's ever gonna keep me down again Well, yes, I'm wise But it's wisdom for the pain Yes, I paid the price But look how much I gained If I have to, I can do anything I am strong It only serves to make me more determined to achieve my final goal And I come back even stronger, not a novice